You're listening to 101.9 FM. I'm Benji Shulman and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome to the program on this Monday morning. Uh, we're nearly in February, eh? Can you believe it? You can even stop wishing people Happy New Year. Uh, you don't have to write anymore 2018. I don't know how, in, how many of you have made that mistake uh, on on your on your writing, you know, you, you're busy doing a document or something, and you put the date and you're still putting 2018. That's almost officially not allowed anymore. So uh hope you are getting into the swing of things of, of 2019. Uh I'm happy to be on the show today. It's a, it's a nice, cool day outside. Hell, this rain is good, eh? It's been so hot, and then every single day... You have this magnificent rainstorm uh, to to do your afternoon. I mean, it's terrible for for anyone who's had to watch their car once or twice, or whatever it is. Uh, but uh, you know, whatever it is, they uh, I'm certainly not complaining. We need the rain, and uh, we need the rain uh, as much as we can get it. So uh, it's uh, it's interesting. It's good. We've got a great show uh, coming up for you today. We're going to be talking a bunch of things. Uh, I'm going to be talking about some new Netflix shows and uh, and the Israeli shows you should be watching on Netflix because there's actually uh, a few more, if that's your vibe, if you're a Netflixer, that you should be looking at, so that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Israeli Paralympians that were barred from the Malaysian Games and the results of that. And uh, we're also going to be talking... Going to be talking, excuse me, uh, a little bit uh, about uh, some other uh, aspects that are affecting Israel, uh, World Holocaust Remembrance Day, uh, some interesting things coming out of that, uh, spe- specifically regarding the Iranians, can you believe it, uh, Iranians who are celebrating World Holocaust Remembrance Day, so that is uh, another one. So these are all sorts of things that uh, are, are coming up, but I wanted to start off um by talking a little bit about uh, an article that I saw this morning in the Daily Maverick, right? So the Daily Maverick, I'm sure you all know, is a uh, news website that uh, prints opinion pieces and sort of explains uh, a variety of uh, whatever current affairs type stuff in, in in what they do. And and. About a week ago, a guy called Oster van Heerden, who uh, is actually sort of a, a former ANC hack, a sort of political activist come political commentator, has decided to put this article into the Daily Maverick. Very, very anti-Israel uh, article. I mean, nothing that uh, you wouldn't expect from a factual perspective, the normal sort of stuff. But, you know, for a political analyst, there was a lot of rubbish in it. Uh, he talked about the... Palestinians being decimated and a genocide, which I mean, is, of course, is complete nonsense. Uh, you know, there, there's actually an increasing amount of Palestinians uh, in the world today uh, compared to what they were uh, years ago. So that's a it's kind of interesting lack of uh, political understanding. But you know, it was quite nonsense, nonsensical article, and most of it was just a copied verbatim uh, from a guy called Mark Lamont Hill, who was a CNN commentator who uh, was recently fired for for anti-semitic remarks. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting and 
you know, that, that this sort of thing even got printed. But nonetheless, it did. And this commentator, who knows why he decided to take the time to copy out somebody else's speech to put it on the Internet. So so that was what happened. But that's not really what I want to focus on because, as I said, it's not really worth our time today on the show. But what did interest me was that uh, very quickly, Rodney Macinta from Cape Town, who is a member of the Zionist Cape Council, actually wrote a, a, a great rebuttal piece explaining why Van Heerden is basically an idiot uh, and doesn't know what he's talking about and, and explained quite factually and in depth you know, where the problems were with this particular article and, and what uh, you know, and what South Africans should should be thinking about with regards to this issue, and you know, it just struck me about you know, this is a guy uh, who's a volunteer. He's part of um, what they call the media team, which is connected to the Zionist Federation. It's what they call the media, uh, the Zionist Fed media team, or the, just the media team, and and even people from Israel who who responded to this, and that there are people in our community who take their time. Uh, during the week or, or when they're doing other things to do this kind of thing where they are, first of all, well, uh, knowledgeable enough. They, you know, they're very smart people, uh, and they're particularly connected on the, the current issues and the current facts and, uh, the historical background and, and all of this kind of thing, uh, to be able to take an article from a political analyst and then actually write a, a, a very strong and good Response and people take time out of their day, and I, you know I've done writing in my time, and it's a very difficult thing to do. It takes you know a, a lot of effort, and you've got to get all the grammar right and and all this kind of thing, and you've uh, you know it it takes time and effort, and yet people in our community go out there and do it. And so, first of all, I just wanted to take a bit of time to you know say thank you to those sorts of volunteers who are prepared to go out there, put their names to. Um, Media releases, tweets, Facebook posts, whatever it is, and and actually put them out there in a way that is sort of uh, effective and useful. Uh, so so that was the one thing. You know, I just thought that they uh, do deserve a a sort of round of thank yous uh, for their work, and uh, you know it's much appreciated. And it's not just Rodney, but there's a whole team, as I said, that that do this sort of thing. But I also wanted to put it out to you. Dear listener today, you know, what is it that we can be doing as a community to start changing things out there about how our community is viewed, uh, about, uh, you know, what the view is on, on Israel, about just a Jewish voice in general to try and, you know, just be part of the conversation. I mean, one of the things that I appreciate about, uh, the host before the show, um, Howard Feldman is that he is a guy uh, who, you know, he, he's, wasn't originally a journalist, you know, uh, and yet he's kind of really taken on the role of, of being a voice for the community. You'll find him active on Twitter, uh, you know, aggressively tweeting stupid people, which let me tell you is, is, is quite a difficult thing. Uh, and he has a show on this radio station and he writes a column, not just on only Jewish issues, on all sorts of stuff, but he, you know, he's a, a very South African in, in what he does. But when the time is appropriate and when it's uh, the right thing to do, he, he writes an article which is to do with Israel, uh, or to do with uh, Jewish issues in South Africa for a wider audience, uh, on News 24. And, and I have to say, I don't, I can't think of too many people out there who, 
are in our community who are doing stuff like that. You know, there are definitely Jews who are in the media. In fact, there's a lot of Jews in the media. Um, and most of them are not anti the community or, or, uh, you know, or anti Israel or anything. There are, there are some, obviously. Uh, but a lot of them are, are not able to necessarily translate their journalism into, uh, also a, a sort of unique Jewish voice. And that's what I think how it does quite well. Um, uh, in his books and in his writings and all that sort of thing. And I think it's important. And I think we need more people like that, uh, that can help from a variety of perspectives to really get, uh, into, uh, into the public discourse. Now, I don't think that everybody has to be a hard Feldman, right? That's, uh, he has, uh, uh, does a lot of work into this kind of thing, but I do think that everyone can do something. A Twitter account is absolutely free and, uh, with a little bit of, of work, it can be very effective, a Facebook account, uh, even Instagram, Pinterest, all of the social media. Uh, but there's also columns you can write. Uh, and I know there's many Jewish um, writing blogs and that sort of thing, which are, are desperately looking for content. So what I want to know from you today uh, is, is what, in what ways do you think uh, our community can be better? What can we do instead of just moaning all the time? Uh, which, you know, we sometimes can be accused of doing. What is it that we can be doing to help shape things out there a little bit more effectively? Because we are a, a, a you know, well-organized community. We have lots of clever people, uh, lots of young people, people with time. Uh, how can we better use our resources to really start changing the conversation? So that's really the idea I want to know today. Send us an SMS, 34519. Uh, that's the SMS line. WhatsApp us, 061895. 1019, uh, 0618951019. Send us a tweet at FM or, uh, an email on air at chaifm.com. Uh, that is the question that I have for you today. What is it that as a community we can be doing to better get our story out there? Because it is a good story. Uh, we make a contribution to this country. Uh, we make a contribution to Israel. And yet, uh, somehow I feel like we're not getting out there. So so what do we have to do? Uh, I want to hear your ideas, your thoughts. Uh, I want to hear them today. 0618951019. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after this. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. It is indeed 101.9. Hi FM, I'm Benji Shulman and this is the New Blue Review. Welcome back to the program. I much appreciate you tuning in. And by the way, if you were listening to the music, which was super chilled, I mean, how hectically good is that for a Monday morning? Uh, that was Idan Reichel and Hitzpachasa, uh, I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a great song. Uh, very, you, you can't go wrong with Idan, man. He likes likes a genius. It's quite uh, quite unbelievable. So yeah, that was what that was. And uh, you know, I just thought it was uh, interesting. We we were having the discussion just before the break about what is it that we can do to get uh, a little bit more, uh, you know, of the Jewish story out there. And believe it or not, I got a a message from a guy. Uh, his name is Pumlani Majorzi, just to say that he's listening and uh, enjoying the show. And in, Pumlani is a great example of the things that you can do. Uh, he he doesn't have an interest so much in the Jewish community. He's interested in uh, most economic affairs, I would say, and Africa stuff. And he uh, hosts a show 
uh, that deals with Africa related uh, uh, matter on nation uh, on on nation on nation one nation uh, um, radio uh, show which is uh, a, a, another community um, station and he also writes uh, articles if you look up online in Jersey you'll see some of his stuff uh, in in uh, news 24 and you n- you never know uh, he might even write some stuff on 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 the Jewish community uh, and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, uh, you know, could could very well be a thing. But he is out there and uh, he's doing his bit uh, to make South Africa a better place by by getting by getting information out there. You know, there's an interesting <clears throat> book called uh, "The Power of Ideas" by Isaiah Berlin, who was Jewish uh, and a very famous liberal, and uh, you know, and and he talks a lot about how uh, good ideas. P- Put out there can be very effective, and there's a lot of people out there who who really believe that, as even in the South African context, that what we need, part of what we need, is to get more and more good ideas out there. Because you know there are some terrible ideas uh, that are floating around at the moment that are sort of a hangover, I guess, uh, from the Zuma years. And slowly but surely, we're starting to expunge them from our our lexicon. And I think that's good. You know, you're hearing a lot less about white monopoly capital rubbish. Uh, you know, and, and much more about how we can fix the economy and start to get things right. And I think we've got to support that uh, and get and sort of support the right economic policies. And that's what people like uh, Pumlani do. So uh, I want to hear from you. What are you doing? What do you think we should be doing? 0618951019. That's the WhatsApp uh, number. SMS34519. What is our responsibility in this area? Because I do think we need to take it very seriously. Now, doing something a little lighter uh, for the moment, everybody is talking about Netflix. I don't know who else uh, watches Netflix, but uh, I certainly have. Uh, they've got a whole bunch of new shows. They've been investing uh, very heavily on uh, on new content, uh, which is interesting because you know there's a lot of these internet providers of video out there uh, in in the world. Uh, and and Netflix is the one that's really trying to push new can- content as hard as possible. They put, I've put a lot of money into it, and uh, and what it means is that you're getting a lot of really interesting new content. You know, one of the face challenges that we face sometimes uh, as a Jewish community uh, and and people who are talking about Israel is that it's very difficult to find culture uh, and content out there, which is. You know, even not political, it's just normal sorts of content. Uh, and, and even, I can tell you that, uh, I have, you know, spoken to certain kinds of what you might call, uh, you know, theaters, uh, you know, independent theaters, all this kind of thing. And, and they, even they are like scared to show Israeli content because they think it might be political or, or whatever it is. But the thing about Netflix and all of these other, Online streaming services like Hulu and Showmax, which is a South African one, Amazon Prime, etc., is that it can't really be boycotted, right? Uh, you can't burn down the theatre where it exists and uh, you know protest. It's just people logging on and watching their own thing, um, which has kind of been one of the biggest problems for BDS with the Fowler show. I'm sure a lot of people know Fowler. Uh, it's about a um, a Fowder, Fowder, excuse me, is about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and people uh, fighting, basically, 
but it's hyper-realistic uh, in, in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It is very educational and actually uses a lot of Arab um, – a lot of Arab actors and a lot of it's in Arabic and a lot of it is set in the territory. So uh, it's, it, it really is a sort of big blow to cultural BDS because it's a huge thing that people are watching and enjoying and, and they can do nothing about it. They, they protest, but they, they realize quickly there's not much they can do about it. And in some ways, what it means is that we have arrived at a sort of new cultural eon in, uh, in the world where Movies and and content that you normally would not have so much access to is now uh, widely available, and anybody can uh, watch it, which I think is is really fantastic. So, what is out there that uh, you could be looking at, and uh, what 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 is worth uh, what is worth watching? So, one of the latest, uh, other than Fowler, which is uh, an, a great one. Um, is is called Stitzel Stitzel uh, Stitzel it's called and uh, Stitzel is is actually not a political show at all it's not like Fauda uh, or a number of the other um, Israeli kind of shows that are on Netflix a lot of which have to do with the military the military the Mossad Shabak whatever uh, there's a lot of that going on and we'll talk about that but Stitzel is interesting because it's about a Haredi family living in Jerusalem. Now, often you'll find, uh, you know, the media reporting on Haredi and even movies being made kind of about them, right? Uh, but what's nice about Shtisel is it's not about Haredi issues per se. It's not like uh, someone talking, uh, for example, about Haredi men and women, or men in particular, uh, being pulled into the draft, which is sometimes something you might find, you know, serving in the IDF, which is a controversial issue in Israel. It's actually just a normal program. Uh, and it's about a guy who's trying to find a job and he's trying to get married and he has a bit of a complicated relationship with his father uh, and he doesn't get on with his brother so well. And basically it's a normal family film. Uh, but or normal film about a family, but it just happens to be set in an ultra orthodox, uh, ultra religious part of Jerusalem, and that's sort of the setting. and And what's nice is that you they've they've really gone to quite a lot of lengths to make sure that the scenes are filmed in places that you know he would hang out. So there's a, a scene uh, in the yeshiva and in very sort of Israeli institutions, like <laughs> a part of the show uh, always seems to happen in in the local. Uh, lottery booth. If you, if you've ever been to Israel, you'll know that there are these orange booths where they sell lottery tickets and sort of a lot of the discussion takes place, uh, in there. And I think it gives, first of all, a, a sort of humane insight into the community for, for which a lot of people might not know. And, uh, and, and also it just, uh, it's entertaining and human. You know, it's a very, uh, it's a very specific community, but it's also a very sort of universal story that a lot of people can relate to, and uh, so I think Stissel uh, is very, uh, very good uh, and, and worth watching, and that's quite new on Netflix. Uh, Gimpel the Fool has actually SMSed in to agree with me there, uh, saying, indeed, Stissel is very good, and uh, When Heroes Fly, so I was going to talk about that. Uh, he says, you also have to watch Hashotar Hatov, which is very, very funny. So, Gimpel, thank you so much. Um I actually don't know that first one, uh, so I'm going to have to look at that. But uh, When Heroes Fly is another one of these military-type um, 
uh, uh, ones about Israeli uh, uh, Israeli pilots. Uh, what else is out there that you can go and listen to? Well, there's a, there's a few. So Homeland uh, is is obviously one of them. That was a, U, a U.S. one, but originally it actually had been a, a an Israeli uh, film. There's also one if you and and then if you're into that kind of uh, uh, type of of show, if you if you really want to do the military side of things, Mossad 101 is quite good. Uh, which is, as it might suggest, a, around a group of Israeli agents uh, who are going to work for the Mossad, which is not like, you know, obviously a real thing. It's kind of more of a, 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 a fake drama fiction, but it's still pretty good. As well as False Flag, which is going to keep you on the edge of your seat uh, if you're if you're into that kind of thing. Um, so that's that's quite good. And then, if you ever uh, are interested in in Sasha Baron Cohen. So everybody must know Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, he's the guy who brought us um, uh, Borat. If you know the crazy character Borat and uh, Ali G, uh, he is a you know he's a really cool. Um, he's a sort of what do you call him? A comedian or a or a, a social commentator. He basically goes around the world uh, in. In different guises, you know, sort of doing satirical interviews with with different people, and he also, actually, if you if you went and watched the new movie about Freddie Mercury, uh, he he was also actually cast originally as Freddie Mercury, uh, but then he had a fallout with Brian May and he, he didn't make it. Uh, but what's interesting is uh, what's coming soon to Netflix is Sasha Baron Cohen has been cast as Ellie Cohen uh, in the Netflix drama The Spy. Uh, which is written and directed by Gideon Raff, who, if you know him, he's an author, a long-time author of About the Mossad. And Eli Cohen was probably Israel's most famous spy. Um, and he, he sort of gathered information which was absolutely crucial, uh, to, to winning the Six-Day War. And so he actually, uh, you know, he actually assisted with that. And what's bizarre is you see the actual picture of him, uh, and Eli Cohen, and actually they've cast him very well. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is Jewish, uh, and he, he was, I think, part of some of the youth movements, and so he, he, he kind of looks like Ellie Cohen, so that is great. I think that that is going to be a fantastic one. Uh, I don't know when it's coming out, but, um, I'm, I'm certainly gonna look forward to that. It's coming to Netflix soon. Uh, some more people coming on the line. Stissel is awesome, so real, loving it. That's from Karen. Thank you, Karen. Uh, Ian says that people should see Fowler. Ian, thank you so much for that. If you have a favorite show on Netflix or favorite Israeli show, let us know. 0618951019, SMS us 34519. I'd love to know what you're watching. I'd also suggest, uh, one that's coming soon, which is another Netflix original, which is in the pipeline. Uh, and this, by the way, you, you should go and get the book. Uh, I've read the book. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's called The Angel, and it's d- directed by Ariel of Roman, uh, and it's based on a best-selling uh, novel, uh, sort of, I don't know why they call it a novel, but it's sort of a, a true-life drama by a guy called Uri Bar Joseph, and it's called, the, the, the book is also called The Angel and the Egyptian spy who saved Israel. Now, Eddie Cohen, as you might know, was spying on the Syrians, but they had a guy who was spying on the Egyptians. Now, the difference was that between the two of them was that Eddie Cohen was a Jew from uh, Argentina, 
uh, and uh, who lived in Israel and then sort of managed to embed himself in Syria. Uh, the Egyptian, uh, the, the Egyptian spy actually himself was Egyptian. He wasn't Jewish at all. And in fact, he came from a very high up family, uh, in Egypt. Uh, his name was Ashaf Marwan, uh, and he became a spy for Israel, uh, uh, even though he was literally the son-in-law of uh, President Gar- Garmal Abel Nasser, and uh, and it was an advisor to Anwar Sadat. And it, he was absolutely crucial uh, in a number of wars that uh, that Israel fought, including the fateful Yom Kippur War uh, in 1973. And, and people say that he might have been absolutely crucial in saving many, many Jewish and Israeli lives because he managed to give the Israelis an early warning that this thing was coming. Uh, so that is a, a fantastic book, and I would certainly uh, it suggest that you read the book, but it's good to see that Netflix will be bringing you uh, this as well. Um, so, yeah, these are all uh, things that are, are coming up. Uh, as I said, When Heroes Fly, which is a, another one, which is apparently not even come out in Israel yet, uh, but nonetheless it is a <laughs> one that is there. Um, and so you can see it before they see it in Israel, which is about four veterans of a special commando uh, from the 2006 Lebanon War who reunite for a final mission uh, to rescue one of the, the girlfriends of the commandos who have been abducted. In Colombia, so that's another sort of drama, which is which is out there. Uh, I would actually literally, there's so much out there, I can't even tell uh, you what's uh, what is there uh, because there is so much, and people are really coming through with with so much extra. But I would try also consider uh, the Beauty and the Baker. There's another one called the A Word, uh, which you should have a look at. Um, so much out there, it's uh, quite. Quite remarkable. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's see. I'm just see there's some new SMSs on the line. Um, Gimple is saying, thanks, Gimple, that there's also Operation Finale, which deals with the capture of Eichmann in Argentina. Yes, Gimple, that is also true. Although I must say, I thought I was, I was a little bit disappointed. Uh, it was a bit dry for my liking. Um, and, the, and the Hebrew speakers that I know were appalled by the accents. Uh, but whatever. Uh, it is still an important... Um, an important film, and nice to see that they they're turning the Achman story into uh, into good uh, TV. Um, Ida has sent in uh, a a message. We loved Chisel and uh, the main guy Akiva. Uh, then he is one of the four main guys in When Heroes Fly. Okay, so that is uh, good to know. So that he's a versatile actor. And it, it, I should just tell you, it's interesting. So the main guy in Chisel is also in When When Heroes Fly, which is true, uh, but. He is also apparently started off his in his career in uh not so much in film he actually started out in in um in fashion you know he was an Israeli underwear model so if you look up his name in uh, Google you don't get to see a schtissel thing first uh, you'll get to see some other stuff so if you're interested in that uh it is also worth uh, having a look at. So anyway, that's what's going on in Israeli film. Thank you so much for all the messages and, uh, you know, what you guys are watching. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back just after this. The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi, FM. Ronnie B. Putz there with uh, Mishnah. 
on 101.9. Hi, FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. Hope you are enjoying it this Monday morning. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. I see people are also enjoying the music. Uh, Pumlani... Uh, messaging us saying that he's enjoying it. So Pamlani, thanks so much. Uh, I'm glad you are enjoying the music. Uh, certainly it's not music you can get anywhere else, uh, on the, uh, the spectrum. Uh, and, uh, it is, uh, nice to see. Now, as you might know, it was International World Holocaust Remembrance Day, uh, yesterday. Um, that's different from your Moshoah. So, uh, International Holocaust Remembrance Day um, it has to do with a um, it has to do with sort of the UN declared day for Holocaust remembrance, and actually uh, it it commemorates the the freeing of Auschwitz uh, from you know from German control. So that's what it's all about, and it's uh, kind of done by international leaders and by the UN. I see even uh, everybody's favorite uh, anti-Jewish politician, Jeremy Corbyn, uh, arrived with 200 uh, survivors of the Holocaust um, to honor the millions that were murdered, uh, which was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, Jeremy Corbyn's had some issues with with anti-Semitism. But nonetheless... um, he was there, and even he uh, thinks it's important uh, to to talk about the Holocaust. And uh, if you have been on social media, you will have seen in the last few uh, weeks and months uh, people holding up signs saying, we remember, uh, which has, of course, to do with uh, remembering the Holocaust. So it's been quite a clever uh, and strong um, social media campaign running up, which I think is very nice. Uh, it's good to see good social media being run on this kind of thing. You know, I think sometimes we get a little bit stuck as uh, the Jewish community talking about, uh, you know, just talking in our traditional either newspapers or whatever. And, uh, you know, as as uh, Shimon Peres once said, you know, we, we, we're, we're people of the book. Perhaps we need to be more uh, people of the Facebook, which I thought was quite interesting. Nonetheless, so that was there. And people were busy going about their business, uh, commemorating uh, commemorating this day. And uh, as I said, liberation of Auschwitz, not Yom HaShoah, which is uh, the start of um, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, which is slightly different. In any case, I see that uh, Trump and Bibi, and Bibi were doing stuff. And uh, an interesting story uh, crossed my desk where it seems as though there were as an additional and unusual uh, Holocaust remembrance person. And that had to do it, – it came from the Israeli social media Farsi desk. So now, as you might know, the Israeli foreign ministry runs a number of um, accounts. They have a number of – Twitter accounts and Facebook accounts, which they run in other languages. Uh, so there's one that's dedicated to Arabic and uh, talks in the Arabic world. Uh, and there's one that is also in Farsi, which is the main language of the Iranians. And uh, interestingly, after they posted this We Remember campaign, the social media campaign, they got a response or two from a number of uh, Iranians. And they also then put up the We Remember a hashtag, and 
of course they covered their face because you're not so really supposed to be uh talking to Jews or about Jews or to Israelis in um in Iran because it's a uh, uh, you know that kind of a, a state and uh and nonetheless people were doing it there but they were hiding their faces and and they were contacting Israel directly they were literally going out there uh and and actually saying what they needed to say on social media. And that's partly why I wanted to bring it up because I do think it is very powerful. And so you've had a, a display of solidarity, um, for, 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 from Farsi people, from Iranians, uh, and who said one day when, uh, the Mullah regime comes down, uh, the first thing he's going to be doing is taking a trip to Israel. And this is his way of standing up for what he believes in. So, uh, that is good to know. And it just shows you why these sorts of social media campaigns are important. We'll take a short break. We'll be back just after this. Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman, uh, and this is the new Blue Review. Welcome back to it. Uh, I did wanted to uh, do something else political, talking about regimes that are dodgy like the Iranians. Um that have been coming up in the last while and and where South Africa has been sitting um on on these sorts of of things and uh you know we 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 often talk about that South Africa's terrible foreign policy when it comes to Israel but it turns out that that um the Israelis are not the only ones suffering from this nonsense it turns out other people in South America are as well, and I think that it's worthwhile bringing this to people's attention. The people of Venezuela have been suffering for uh, quite a while now uh, on 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 a variety of issues. They haven't had uh, much economic access to things. They've had I can't even begin to tell you. I don't even believe it myself, but it was like a million percent inflation in the last few years. Literally, like I heard that. Um, there's no goods, there's no toilet paper, there's rioting in the streets. And most of it has come because they had a sort of communist strongman dictator who, who took over the country a few years ago, Hugo Chavez, uh, very anti-Israel, very anti-Jewish, very anti-basic uh, freedoms like freedom of speech and uh, freedom of the press. And, uh, yeah, he he recently took over. He, he recently had uh, his... Pre, um, the guy who came over, a guy called Nicolas Maduro, uh, narrowly won an election some time ago and uh, since then has not had uh, another election. And so because of that, uh, the, the, the U.S. has basically endorsed his rival, um, a, a guy called acting president Guruado, um, the, the, the speaker of the parliament. And, and has basically said, look guys, uh, we no longer r- recognize Maduro. And once the U.S. did that, a number of other countries from around the world followed suit. The U.S., the U.K., the EU, Canada, um, were all the sort of big Western countries that endorsed them. Uh, and then, and then interestingly, immediately, this was followed by a number of of other countries, all from the region. So these are the local people who are telling us what they think, um, which include uh, Paraguay, Brazil, Chile, Peru, Colombia, Panama, Costa Rica, Ecuador, Guatemala, Argentina, and Honduras. So they are all sort of, you know, in the neighborhood, so to speak. 
But uh, Maduro wasn't taking it lying down. And so he got some guys into his corner. Uh, Russia, China, Iran, Turkey, Syria, Cuba, Bolivia, and Nicaragua. Now, what you might recognize there is that a number of those are countries that are not in any way connected to Venezuela. Uh, Iran in particular, Turkey uh, in particular, Syria, which is not really a country at the moment, uh, China, Russia, uh, and Cuba. So there, there are one or two of these other regimes from South America, like Bolivia and, uh, and, and Cuba and Nicaragua. But these are all basically being uh, run by dictators uh, and basically murderers. And on the other side, you have the rest of South America, which are largely being run by the democratic parts of that country. And disturbingly, South Africa is on the list of Maduro. So in other words, we've come out and backed this dictator uh, and this guy who's shooting his own people and destroying his country. And it is well known that a lot of uh, his, um, a lot of his, Supporters had over time invited members of the ANC to come to Venezuela uh, and see for themselves uh, how it worked, uh, and, and they love the Venezuela model. So it is very disturbing that this is taking place, and it just shows again why foreign affairs is so important and why you have to keep talking about it. It's not just Israel, it's all of us. So I think it's, uh, it is fairly disturbing, and, uh, you know, we, we, we do need to send our solidarity to the people of Venezuela. And on that, we're going to end the show. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and uh, chatting to us. Great topics today. I'm glad everyone is watching good Israeli television. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting to you next week on the new Blue Review. I'll check you then.